It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 and 67 degrees outside. Has not moved more than about half a degree in the last three hours. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. 404-872-0750 is the number you can dial to get your garden questions answered. But right now, the question of the moment is, who is going to win the weekend prize pack? We are here. Josh is thinking of a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a family four-pack of Gwinnett Braves anytime tickets, good for any home game at Cool Ray Field, plus a pair of tickets to see Air Supply, the band, in concert August 11th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. 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 Nathan. <laughs> Josh says, call number five to our contest line, 404 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Please dial it carefully. And Josh will take the fifth caller. At 8.08, we've got Karen and Marietta, who's joins us. Hey, Karen, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi, how can I help? Okay, well, we spoke last week about a large white pine in my front yard. Sure. And I wanted to know if I could trim it down. Um, I've had two people come out and say, no, you can't. You have to cut it down. Ah. Uh. Yeah, well, they don't yeah. respond all that well to being pruned, so I can sort of see where they might be going. Yeah, and, and this is, is mammoth. It's just taken over everything. Okay. So I need to find out what would be a good replacement tree. We want a tree that will shade the front of the house. I'm always in favor of maples because there's so much variety in the color, of the fall okay. color and the growth habits. Sometimes they're spreading, sometimes they're sort of columnar. There are um, smaller maples, and if you go as far as going to one of the uh, lace bark elms would not be a bad tree. It grows real fast, again, but gives you good, um, good screening for the house. So lace bark elm. Mm-hmm. Any, any named maples, maples like October Glory and uh, Red Sunset, and who is five or six more that you can lo- look around at nurseries. They'll, many nurseries will have different kinds of trees, different uh, maples they'll have in stock right now. So if you look online and just look up maple and look at images and Google, I guess, and see ones you really think, that's a pretty color in the fall. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Then note the name, call nurseries, say, do you have this Red Sunset maple? Do you have this October Glory maple? And find out who has it, and um, it's not. This is not the greatest time to plant trees, and many nurseries their stock is low right now because of that. But in the fall, where they get the first uh, shipment of trees, that would be a fabulous time to run by a nursery and pick up a good tree that you want to put in the put in the landscape to replace the pine. Cool. Okay, I've looked at some maples online, mm-hmm. and typically it says that they grow like forty feet wide. Depends on the maple. There's some that's smaller than that. Trident maple is not nearly that big. T R I D E N T trident maple. Trident. Okay. Okay. Or lace bark elm. Lace bark elm would be nice. If you want a couple more suggestions, I don't want to go through all twenty or thirty of them. I've got a <laughs> a uh, page on my website. You can go to walterreeves.com. Just type in uh-huh. sc- trees for screening, trees for screening. I think would give you the right uh, page to give you all the different choices you might have because it's probably something that I haven't thought of right immediately here on the show that you could Fantastic. consider as well. 
Okay, well, thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for calling, Karen. Mm-hmm. Bye now. Bye. We've got Georgia from Stone Mountain, from Stone Mountain, Georgia, on the line. Hey, Georgia, good morning. Good morning. While waiting, I heard you say that you had a a, a place that I could go to identify something. But yeah. I'll go ahead since I'm in line. Yeah, go last ahead. Let's talk about year, it. It's a fern. We, we don't get year, enough fern calls on this show, so I certainly want to talk about ferns, Georgia. Okay. Last year, you helped identify what I call a gift from the devil, and that's Korean basket grass. Oh, what a nice Which I am weed. constantly pulling sure. uh, because I don't like to use weed killer. But a gift from the Lord is a fern that has appeared in my backyard now. Uh, it's a very natural area, and uh, we have a beautiful creek. Mm-hmm. And this fern is any around three feet tall, Ooh, and it's okay. extremely uh, delicate. And mm-hmm. uh, I just love it, and I've tried to ID it with fern books and haven't come up with anything. And the uh, it's such a gift because nobody else has it. it oh, yeah, we got to find out what it is then. All right, I have some, some ideas. Lady fern would be one good guess here. Lady fern's common in Georgia, found by creeks all the time, so lady fern is one. Did, did you ever see any kind of spore sticks coming out of it? Could it possibly be a cinnamon fern? No, it is not cinnamon okay. fern. I, I know what cinnamon fern is. This is a light green, mm-hmm. so maybe lady fern sounds right because it's so delicate. And possibly southern shield fern, another one that spreads pretty readily in the landscape and could even come in from the water in the stream flowing past somebody else's backyard and bringing some spores in too. So southern shield fern is a possibility as well. Okay. But well, but, but, but let me tell you, Georgia, you have near to you one of the best fern resources in the country. And that is the, uh, what's the real name for it? The Georgia Perimeter College Native Plant Garden and Ferns of the World is what it's called. It's over on Candler Road, south of uh, I-20. And it's a fabulous native plant botanical garden, as well as a display of hundreds of different kinds of ferns. And I'll let you look up the phone number online, or you can go to the website online for the Perimeter College Native Plant Botanical Garden, and you'll get the stuff about the ferns of the world in there as well. But that would be some place that you might, if they have an email address, you could email a picture of your fern to them. Or, again, if you want to go to my Name That Plant part, do the same with me. Take a picture of the fern fronds laying flat on a... Don't take a picture of the ferns in the air because there'll be so much background that I won't be able to see much about the fern frond and its shape and the shape of the leaves and that sort of thing. So cut one off, lay it onto a flat surface that is not too terribly uh, uh, complicated behind it and take a picture that way. Take a picture of the front, take a picture of the back, and if you can, a picture of the plant growing by the stream. That would be the three pictures you could submit to my name that plant. But ferns of the world... They know everything about ferns there, George Sanko oh, and some of his you. workers. Yeah. Let me ask you in relation to the ferns, all of a sudden down there where my Korean basket grass and ferns are, all of a sudden the leaves, fallen leaves, uh, have kind of a golden-looking rust. Hmm. 
On the basset uh, grass? On the basset grass that has a rust on it? No, no. Leaves that fall. From the trees. From the trees. Okay. That's correct. Okay. I've so, never seen it before. It's uh, And it's just down there where the fern and the Korean basket grass is. Ah, now that, but you don't know what tree leaf is coming down. Is that right? You don't know the identity of the tree? Um. I have so many trees in my backyard, <laughs> but they're large ones, yeah. so I feel like they're oaks. Uh, let's do that one through name that plant, because unless I know what tree it is, it'd be hard for me to say why, what, you know, if it's okay. ever common to have rust on a particular tree. There's not many okay. trees that get rust in my memory, so I'm I curious. I just thought it was weird that after all these years, these uh, rust-looking it's on the back of the leaf. So, mm. anyway, I thank you for your information, yeah, and I'll sure check out the perimeter. Perimeter College place. Native Plant Botanical Garden. One more thing about them, Georgia, is they many times have plant sales at least twice a year. And so if you find out what fern you have and they have it in stock, you can go and buy five or ten more of it to put around your landscape if they think it's a good fern for this area. And so they have native plants as well as fern sales two or three times, it seems, again during the year. And I think that'd be a good resource for you if you want to get more ferns to uh, to beautify the landscape. I sure like them. Ferns are terrific. And my southern shield fern, I just couldn't do without it because it spreads so readily. It grows in shade, grows in sun. It's just the easiest thing in the world for me to grow. It's deciduous, so it dies back in the uh, wintertime. But I really do like that fern, southern shield fern. And then last, uh, when was it? Last Sunday, I guess it was. Yeah, last Sunday I was walking on the path, the boardwalk that's over at Mason Mill Park in DeKalb County. And I saw my friend Paula Rafey there, and Paula and I looked over the edge of the railing there by the path, and there was a cinnamon fern growing up through the English ivy. And if it hadn't been eight feet drop between me and the uh, ground, I would have dropped down there and pulled the ivy away from that fern because cinnamon fern is a fabulous-looking fern, has these orange spiky spore sticks that come up through it in the springtime. Great-looking plant. Sadly, it was too far for me to jump down, so I didn't, but I pointed it out to Paula, this southern, this uh, cinnamon fern. It looks so nice down there. It was being choked out by the English ivy. Arr, we didn't like that. It's 8.17 on a Saturday morning. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Yeah, let it run for a while, Jason. Yeah, a little pretty day there. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The highest today in the high 80s, 89, 86, 87, 89, somewhere in there. Not much chance of rain today. The overnight lows in the high 60s tomorrow, about the same, 86, 87, 88, and 70 maybe tomorrow afternoon. Partly cloudy both days, and again, 30 to 40% chance of rain during both. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jared is in Sugar Hill and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jared, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. How can I help, Jared? I have a yard with quite a bit of tree cover, uh, but I do get sun as well. And I went on to your website to look at grass varieties that 
maybe the most tolerant. I went to Pike Nursery and picked up um, some zoysia zeon sod okay. and planted four pieces very strategically in different places <laughs> in my yard. Okay. And my question is, how long do I need to wait to determine if my experiment is successful and go ahead and do the whole thing. Wow, so you're just experimenting to see which shade or which sun location the zoysia does best in, right? Correct. Tell me, the, tell me more about the different places you're putting, putting the zoysia in. I'm curious of how you did it. So I, in, in the yard, I have um, near the tree line, I have a, a little bit behind the tree line, for example. Mm-hmm. I have one that's out in, in more of what I would consider full sun for the location, and then one that's kind of mixed. And, and so what I'm trying to do is just understand, you know, that they've all four pieces have taken, yeah. and they seem to be doing okay. The question is, how long do I wait to determine, okay, they can handle this amount of sun or shade and make the investment to do the entire yard? Wow. There's a part of me, the scientist part of me says at least two years, and the gardener part of me says, oh, heck, if it's dying right now, if it's living right now, let's go ahead and put it in right this minute and do it. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, as you know, you wouldn't do the experiment otherwise, that zoysia is a little more shade tolerant maybe than Bermuda is. Not maybe, it is more shade tolerant than Bermuda. But zoysia has limits, too, and you're just trying to find out where the limit is. Well, you can take the scientific view or the homeowner view. Scientific, <laughs> you should give it at least two seasons. It needs to be rooted okay. down well and then observe after the rooting down process has, has been accomplished. And the zoysia in the shade, it may possibly be that the zoysia that's in the deepest shade might look okay for one season, but if we do in the second season, it starts to peter out because deep shade is the enemy of any, any grass. So, I haven't given you a lot of guidance there, but I'll just tell you the scientists down in Griffin, they have a big turf research center down in Griffin now, and Clint Waltz has done a fabulous job in researching different kinds of grasses, the new Bermuda grass, the Tiff Tough and Tiff Grand, and a bunch of different things that he's put in that don't even have names to them yet that the seed developers send to him and say, Clint, test these under different conditions in your test plots, and they'll give us a report. We'll see which one we can bring to market. So I know that they observe things for at least two years down there, but that's that's what you do. You try to put them in different conditions to see how the grass thrives or, or not. Okay, and there's no reason that I shouldn't fertilize and do all of that like normal during this test period. Right, right. I talked to um, one of the zoysia experts, Tim Boyer, two weeks ago, and he said that all he's doing is fertilizing his zoysia with milorganite, which is a real slow-release organic fertilizer. He said I fertilize twice a year, and I have the best-looking zoysia in the world. So I would... I think I recommend that to you, too. Don't use the turf fertilizer. Certainly don't use 10-10-10, but use one of the slow, organic, holly-tone, milorganite, EB stone fertilizers. Fantastic. All right. The two All right, years well, from now, I want to hear a report, Jared. Two years, one year, whenever you have some results, give us a report. All right, we'll do. Thanks. Right. Thanks for calling, Jared. Great question. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. Next half hour. Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery will tell us what's on sale at Pike Nursery for 20% off. We'll talk to David in Canton to find out what kind of tree he has that has fruit. It looks like a peach. He says, I don't think it is a peach. We'll find out about that. Phil wants to know how to get rid of sumac. Michael wants to know about a shrub and why it's not growing so well. Victor has a pineapple, but how long is it going to be before he can eat the pineapple fruit? 
All this coming up in the next half hour on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 on a Saturday morning, 68 degrees. We've gone up one degree in three hours. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in whatever you do in your garden or your landscape just by asking me questions. And I'll bring to bear some research-based educational information as well as a little bit of experience in the garden, too. Speaking of experience, one of my favorite experienced gardeners, Mickey Gasway at Pike Nursery, joins us every Saturday morning. And hey, Mickey, good morning. It's what, great to talk hey, to you. Hey, good morning. Hi. Does experience mean the same thing as old? No, it does not. <laughs> oh, I just get that right. We're both experienced, and neither one of us are old, so it can't okay. be that. But the great thing that Mickey does for us every Saturday is to announce what is going to be the 20% off plants for the weekend. And Mickey, what's it going to be this weekend? It's annuals. Just all the annual plants it's that y'all all have? All the annuals. Oh, awesome. Annuals. Yeah. I noticed the other day I had some... I had some I'm holes sorry, in my ahead. landscape. I had some holes in my yep. landscape, and I thought, man, I wish I could go plant some plants. I wonder if Pike has any, but I didn't go by and see, but they're on sale. That's right. So what? The in the ground looks fine, but my pots are kind of blah. So I'm going to go in and pick up stuff today and um, fill those in to make them look pretty till fall. That's a good idea, because pots, for me, many times are the things that really... They look better sometimes than the things that are in the ground simply because the pot is up close to my door. I see it every day. I pick off the dead leaves and the flowers that come onto it. So I really like my pots. My pots, I think, are doing pretty well. Even the little primrose that Mickey Gasway sold me about four years ago is still doing fine in the pot next to my front door. Really? Yeah, it is. My caladiums that I dug up from bulbs. Are looking great. Well, remember good. that conversation? And I remember <laughs> you were saying maybe one day they'll sprout, and they finally sprouted. And look oh, good. you should see them. They are beautiful. They nice. are absolutely gorgeous. So annuals at this time of year, it's not a, not hard at all to plant them and keep them alive. You water them a couple of times. Do you do any starter fertilizer with your annuals, Mickey? Sometimes I do. Um, but what I do this time of year, late in the season, I give them a shot of milk every couple of weeks, and that keeps it since to kind of perk them up. Uh-huh. I usually use osmocote when I start them, and then I give them osmocote. I mean, the miracle grow later on. I've mentioned a couple of times in the last uh, week or two or three, because of all the rain that we've had this summer, annuals tend to have all the nutrients have washed out of the soil, so it's not a bad idea at all to come back and perk them up, like you said, with miracle grow. Yeah, it works for me, or you can, yeah, you can use the... Um, Maybe stone or any of them, but it works good. But if you need some ideas as far as what to put in, our pike experts do a great job. They'll be glad to help you and give you some suggestions, things that would look good and and do well with the plants that you've already got in there. And if it's too hot for you to go and plant them yourself, you have the pike planting team that will come out and do it for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've got classes this coming week on orchids, right? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So I think that's going to be exciting. But it's not not at every location. It sort of no, skips around between locations, right? City, Fishery City, Johns Creek, Lindbergh, and West Cobb. 
Okay. And so we can go online. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Go online and find out which location has the orchid class when. But last week we had orchids, I believe it was then, that was on sale, that were on sale. So perfectly timed now to learn how to take care of the orchids that you buy. And it, at Pike, frankly, exactly the orchids right. are really good at a really good prices. So even if they're not on sale, you can still go to Pike and get an orchid and then go to the class on orchids this coming week and find out more about how to care for them. That's right. And we're having another class that's coming up later in the month on uh, for new gardeners and for transplanting plants. Ooh, so that would be good. Be so that's fun. later. And that's going to be at those same stores. Okay, so later and I'm this month. I'm going to get to do that class, so it'll be fun. Cool. So let's summarize. This weekend, this weekend, we got all the annuals, all the colorful annual plants that Pike has. They're all on sale, 20% off. All you have to do is load up your cart, take it to the cashier and say, this is the Pike pick of the weekend. I want 20% off on these plants. They'll be happy to do it. And sign up for one of the classes, the beginning gardener class. I believe that starts on August 22nd. And the mm -hmm. orchid class starts this coming week at selected Pike nursery locations. Did I get that right, Mickey? You got it. I got that right. All right. So if we wanted to find out where these locations are that are going to have the classes and where we could go and pick up our annuals for 20% off, where would we go? To com. Of course. Exactly. Mickey, it's great talking to you. You too. Bye-bye. See you next time. PikeNursery.com. We've got David in Canton who joins us this morning with a mystery fruit we got to figure out. Hey, David. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Well, so what have we got? What did it look like? What's, what's going well, on? Um, I've lived here for over 10 years, and my yellow lab, I let her out every morning. So she started bringing peaches in, and I wondered why my <laughs> wife threw peaches in the backyard. <laughs> and she said, I haven't seen any peaches. So I went back there and started looking, and I looked up, and there's a peach tree. And it's never fruited before. Oh, I've never seen a peach back there. Uh -huh. And it's... The, the trunk looks like more like a birch. I, I looked up a, you know, a, a regular peach tree from an orchard, and right. it doesn't look anything like that type of peach tree. Does it have a seed, a pit inside the fruit? And it is a peach seed. I opened one of them. I, let, I, I had one peach this week, and I ate it, and it was delicious, and it was almost like a fig color on the inside. Red. It looked, yeah, it was a pinkish red. And it has a peach seed in it, and it tastes just like a peach. It was delicious. I'm going to say it is a peach. It may be, not maybe, it is a seedling peach, meaning one that came up from seed that who knows what genetics it came from, what the mother and father peach looked like. It sounds like one of them was tall, and the other one had good disease resistance baked into the genes. And so now you have a peach, as you know you have a peach in the backyard. Whether or not it has fruit next year sort of depends on how the weather goes, but I'm guessing that's what you have, a seedling peach. Do you think somebody might have just thrown some peaches out back there some sure. time ago? Oh, yeah, just... yeah. It wouldn't be uncommon at all for someone to have had a compost pile back there and thrown peaches back. And the generations after the initial peach, after you eat a nice, sweet, juicy peach from the grocery store this year, if you save the, save the seed, Many times that seed will revert back to what its parents looked like, and that's what we call seedling peaches, seeds that came from unknown provenance that we just don't know where they came from, but they get the genetics from mom and dad like, the, like you and I do. Yeah, well, this is not a peach that you want to buy out of the grocery store. It's not pretty at all, but it tasted delicious. Yeah. And it's small. It's 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 like plum size, you know. Well, David, all, all you can do is count your blessings and eat the peaches <laughs> as they occur, and pet your dog a little bit for bringing the 
uh, matter to your attention. She's a good girl. Thank you so much, Paul. <laughs> David, enjoy talking to you. Thanks for calling. Dogs, yep. retriever, retriever dogs. This is a peach retriever, not a hunting bird retriever. Victor in Atlanta joins us. Hey, Victor, good morning. Welcome to Lolly Garden. Good morning, Walter. Hi, how can I help? Good. Uh, Walter, I've grown two pineapple bushes from pineapple that I bought from the store. I started them last spring. I kept them in the, win- in the house for the winter. Now they're outside and striving really well. Great. Uh, when can I put them outside, and if I should expect to get any fruit? Well, I know somebody who got pineapple fruit, so I know it's possible in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And so all you have right now is leaves, is that right? No, no flowers. Yeah, I spike? have the sti- you know those long things that come out of the base. Okay. Yeah. Let but think they're what doing I'm, really well. I, I've got to think of what I'm going to say to you here. The best thing you could do to try to make it fruit is to give it exposure to ethylene gas. And you think to yourself, well, where do I get ethylene gas? They don't just go to the drugstore someplace. You get it from a rotten apple. <laughs> you get a plastic bag, put it uh-huh. over the pineapple plant, and put a rotten apple or a rotten banana, either one, because rotten fruit exudes ethylene gas, which is a real nice plant hormone that causes fruiting and flowering to occur. Okay. And so you can do that. Now the question is, are we too late in the season for you to get much of growth on the pineapple before you have to bring it back inside? Honestly, being the experimental gardener that I am, I would do exactly what I've described. Get a big plastic bag, cover the pineapple, leave the uh, leave the banana or apple in there for a day or so, and take it take the bag off. That's plenty of enough time to trigger the flowering if it's going to happen, and wait and see what happens. If it, nothing happens between now and uh, winter, then Take it inside, care for it indoors like you have already, bring it back outside in the spring. But as soon as it warms up nicely in uh, late May, I would guess, of next year, that'd be another time to put the rotten fruit inside. Okay. I appreciate it, Walter. Thank you so much. We want to see pictures. You know we want to see pictures, Victor. I will. I'll send you some now, and then I'll send you one uh, later if you get fruit. Before and after. I love it. Thanks for calling, Victor. Thank you so much. Eight forty-five. We got Phil on the line. Phil, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, good morning. Hello. Hey, Phil. Um, I've got what I think is uh, sumac. Uh, all of a sudden, a cluster of them, and mm-hmm. some of them are as tall as I am. Uh, does sumac have like a pinkish bark and vines or uh, stems to it? Yeah, it's tall, about six or eight feet tall. Is that how yeah, the clump yeah. is? Sounds uh, and like it could be sumac. Yeah. And it started off as a, you know, there was one that was kind of growing down in, in amongst a rose bush, and I just kept cutting it back. And now there's a bunch of them growing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to know, is there an easy way to get rid of them all, and do they spread by rhizomes? Uh, yes, they do spread by rhizomes. Can you get into the rose close enough so you can saw the bottom of the sumac, saw it with, and get it off the stump there? Well, I, at this point, I'm willing to sacrifice the rose bush if I need to. <laughs> All right. Because I had dealings with bamboo, and so things with, that spread by rhizomes. Yeah, you don't like them. 
No. In whatever manner you choose to use, then go and saw off the sumac or the suspected weed that you have and immediately spray some Roundup on the stump, and that will keep it from re-sprouting from that stump. There may be some smaller sprouts three, four, five feet away that come from the roots and the rhizomes. Right. And the same treatment there, just whack them off, mow them down, spray the stump with Roundup, and you'll, within, I would think, three or four months, get pretty well 100% control, I would guess. Okay. Okay, great. Oh, is there a way to tell, for uh, a layman to tell the difference between non-poisonous sumac and poisonous sumac? Sure. Do you live near a swamp? No. Then you don't have poisonous sumac. Great. That's easy. Well, see, I can tell you, if you lived on the Okefenokee Swamp, you might have <laughs> poisonous sumac. Probably not down there. I don't think it goes that far south. But yeah. mostly, not mostly, almost 100% of the poisonous sumac is going to be found near a swampy, real low, well, poorly drained um, site. And the normal sumac, staghorn sumac, and the various other kinds of sumacs that are not poisonous are the ones that grow along the highway and grow in uncultivated areas in the, in the woods, and those are not poisonous. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the information. You bet. It's 847 Bye. at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today in the high 80s, 88, 89 degrees looks like it overnight. The low will be in the high 60s, 68 or 69. Tomorrow a little bit warmer perhaps, maybe 88 or 89 degrees. A little bit warmer at night too, 72 degrees. Chance of showers and partly cloudy most days. We'll see what happens. The bottom line, it's going to be a pretty pleasant weekend. And your full weekend forecast will come up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Steve is in Alpharetta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Good Steve. Morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. How can I hey, help? Yeah, we got uh, two amarillo bulbs in pots. We uh, put them when they finished blooming. Yeah. We put them in a the garage and forgot about them. Yeah. Now I just dug them out. I found them. You know, what do we do with the bulbs now? What do they look like? Do they not have any growth coming out of them, Steve? What's going on? Oh, yeah. There's a couple uh, green green stems coming out yet. Well. And the, the bulbs are not soft or nothing. Wow. You know, sometimes, Steve, it just it's remarkable in my mind of how much will to live some plants have. And your poor little amaryllis is stuck in the garage. It's been there for months and months and months after Christmas, and it still wants to live. It has the leaves coming out looking for a little bit of light, a little bit of light. That's pretty uh-huh. awesome. Well, they were pretty much in the dark. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. it was looking. It was thinking there's got to be some light around here somewhere. So it grew the leaves out looking for light somewhere in the garage. Yeah. Uh, here's what I would do. Um, what kind of pot are they in? What size pot are they in now? Just a small gallon, gallon pot, I bought them. If it's in a gallon pot that's big enough, I would repot them. In other words, very gently take them out of the old pot, get some new potting soil, and plant them gently in the same pot again, but with new soil. Put them in a place outside that gets no direct sun during the day. They are not going to like sun. They'll get sunburned, literally sunburned, if you put them in any full sun. So they've got to be in a shady place underneath a little tree in the back or on the deck where it doesn't get much sunshine there. 
any of those places are fine and leave it there for at least oh, a month. And after a month, maybe at the end of uh, or the middle of September, you could move it to a little bit more sun. It'll have more leaves by that time. A little more sun will be fine for it. It won't be sunburned. And then uh, in, let's see, boom, 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 then September, then November. Okay, so around the first week in November, it'll finally be cold enough outside that you really should not leave it outdoors very much longer. And uh-huh. so at that point, cut the leaves off and bring it back into your garage. Don't water it anymore, but let it be dormant for the rest of the year. I don't want to put it outside because I don't think it's going to survive outside for the rest of the wintertime. But next year, plant it outside in May. When the soil is nice and warm, plant those bulbs outside then. And you'll be, you'll be really pleased when you see them bloom sometime around the 1st of June is about when amaryllis will bloom outdoors naturally. But I think we have a chance to have a blooming amaryllis outdoors if you just treat it nice now. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Hey, Macadamia nuts, have you ever, uh, I have two trees that are already six foot tall. Yeah. Uh, I've been bringing them inside yeah. so they don't freeze. Exactly. Now, after, uh, they tell me after a certain length of time, these are about, oh, ten years old already, uh, they say that the tree in, uh, isn't under stress anymore. You can leave it outside. Ooh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a bet on that. Macadamia nuts are. I don't think they can stand temperatures below twenty nine, thirty, something like that. Yeah, but below freezing, perhaps, but not in the twenties, the mid twenties that we usually get in the wintertime here. I don't think there's a chance in the world to survive outside in most Atlanta winters when we get into the mid twenties. So. Uh, experiment with that at your peril, Steve. I don't think macadamia is one of those crops you can grow outdoors no matter how long you've had them inside and how old they are. But good luck with the amaryllis. I hope those flower for you really nicely. I've had a great Saturday morning this morning. Josh McClarty did a great job screening calls in Ashley's absence. And, of course, Jason Byers chose the music this morning made sure we were happy and on the air, most importantly, all the time. If you did not get your question answered, where do you go? You go to WalterReeves.com, type a couple of words in the search line and find something that might be of use to you. You can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, Pinterest, and sign up for the email newsletter. And that's the way you will get your gardening information during the week. Until when? Until next Saturday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., we'll be here for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <laughs>